Hi there, and welcome to the LDS study session for episode 7. Can you believe it? I've made it a whole week, every day, recording a session. Of course, I am off work right now, so when I get back to work next Monday, we shall see if this continues. But I am hopeful for the future, even if it's only a three or four minute recording each day, I know that I can do something. So I'm grateful for this uh, opportunity to share my thoughts with you today. Today, uh, I wanted to focus on something different from Come Follow Me or something like that, but it's just something I've been reading uh, recently. I've um, been going through uh, this book by Elder Tad R. Callister. But, well, actually, uh, I think he's an emeritus uh, general authority now. Uh, but, I'll have to double-check that later, but uh, he wrote a book called The Infinite Atonement. And for me, uh, this, this book is just it's incredible. And actually, I'm kind of towards the latter stages of it now. Um, and there are so many things that I've gained from this, but there was something I was looking at recently that I really wanted to share. It's looking at the, the atonement and how the ordinances of the gospel relate to the atonement. Now, you know, obviously, obviously we know that all are interlinked, that our Saviour has made the atonement possible, and through the ordinances, the powers of godliness are made manifest. We read in Doctrine and Covenants uh, and all these things, but um, um, Brother Callister, or Elder Callister, uh, breaks this down uh, into the different ordinances and it's really fascinating to see just kind of the different elements and things which I knew but also the extra things which I hadn't really thought about before. The first thing uh, is relating to the ordinance of baptism and the atonement. Now obviously the, the ordinance of baptism is very symbolic. Uh, it represents the birth and death, the birth, sorry, the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Saviour, Jesus Christ, and in that same manner, us, uh, and all these other things. But we want, he wants to, he then leads to on focusing on the power behind the baptism ordinance. And um, we often hear when we go to a baptism service, and we have a speaker talking about baptism, that when we enter the waters of baptism and are immersed in this water and come back out of the water, we are clean. And actually, we know that this is not actually the case. We know that without uh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, without the, receiving the confirmation, that baptism, as, as the prophet Joseph Smith said, it's like baptizing a bag of sand. Without that second part, it doesn't actually clean us. So for a long, long time, I've kind of understood, well, yes, obviously the water, the, you know, baptizing in the water doesn't cleanse us. That's just one part of it. We need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that is, you know, that's what cleanses us, is, is the reception of the Holy Ghost into us. Right, yeah, that's great. Um, but then I read this uh, in this book, and actually I found that I'm wrong. It, it isn't receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost that cleanses us. And when I sit and think about what I'm, what I'm about to read to you, it's obvious once I read it, um, when you think of the atonement uh, behind the, as the power behind this ordinance. Um, it says here, uh, quote, For we must not let symbols distort reality. Water does not wash away sin, and the fire of the Holy Ghost is not the ultimate cause of purification. Close quote. This is what I had thought, that the reception of the Holy Ghost is the cleansing agent, but it's not so. He carries on, quote, these are powerful symbols, but symbols nonetheless. Speaking to Adam and his posterity, the Lord gives the correct understanding. Ye must be born again into the kingdom of heaven of water and of the spirit, and be cleansed by blood, even the blood of mine only begotten, that ye might be sanctified from all sins. And that's found in Moses chapter 6, verse 59. So taught John, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And that's 1 John 1, 7. Close quote. Um, Elder Callister p 
points out perfectly there from with scripture as as his kind of source of evidence that actually it's not the water and you know we knew that but it's not the fire of the holy ghost either that is the ultimate cause of purification or the or the sanctifying agent um it is the blood of our savior jesus christ his atoning sacrifice and when you kind of when you read that you think well of course it is and i think we sometimes get caught up in the symbolism and um, the the meanings behind what of the water and fire of the of the baptism and of the Holy Ghost mean, but actually it's through the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ that our sins are cleansed in the first instance. I mean, I just I'm sat here in my dining room and I've just uh, put a cleansing agent in my oven. We've gotten round to doing the job which probably should be done more often than I do it in, in cleaning the oven. And without the sanctifying agent of that that I've just sprayed in there, then it'd be a very poor task. Um, and it's the same, you know, I think that if I was to get a scrubber and some water and start trying to scrub away at the oven, it, it would have some effect, but it definitely would not do the same. Uh, however, because I have that cleansing agent, uh, good old Mr. Muscle, uh, in the cupboard that I have, that cleansing agent makes it possible to, to clean uh, that, that surface. And it's the same as, as with the blood of, of the atonement of our Saviour. Um, he then shares a quote by Orson F. Whitney, who says this, There are three elements in baptism, the water, the spirit, and the blood. Though only two, water and spirit, are usually mentioned. Without Christ's atoning blood, there could be no baptism of a saving character, close quote. So it, the, the blood of our Saviour, I think, is something which we often don't mention. And maybe it's because, you know, we're, when we're thinking of baptism, we are often talking to, to kind of young children and, you know the water and and the and the and the Holy Ghost are, are quite nice symbolisms there. We don't often talk about blood, you know, in that in that instance. But we, I think, it's important that we do um, recognise that without that uh, cleansing agent of our Saviour's atoning sacrifice, it wouldn't be possible. Um, we then move to the, he then moves to the sacraments, and this really was was excellent as well. You know, we talk about how the sacrament is done in, the, in remembrance of our Saviour, that the Saviour instituted the sacrament to his disciples. Ironically, we'll be studying that next week in our Come, Follow Me. Uh, but he, he used the phrase often, this ye do in, in remembrance of me. And of course, the sacrament is more, is more than just a reminder to us of our covenants. It, it also itself has a cleansing uh, function through the atonement uh, as we renew our covenants. But... Um, I think that I have I've misunderstood or not quite appreciated the impact that this remembrance has. Uh, but um, the pre President Brigham Young taught this principle. He says, quote, Is this custom, the sacrament, necessary? Yes, because we are so liable to forget, close quote. Elder, Elder Callister goes on and says, quote, History proves him right, but in one generation's time, Following the death of Joshua, the scriptures note that the people had already forgotten the works which the Lord had done for Israel in Judges 2.10. The scriptures further record that only a short time later, the children of Israel remembered not the Lord their God, who had delivered them out of the hands of all their enemies on every side. And that's found in Judges 8.34. How soon our memories fade. That was the observation of Mormon while abridging the plates of Nephi. In Alma 46, verse 8, Thus we see how quick the children of men do forget the Lord their God, close quote. And I think that that is so true. Uh, you know, you can look at that in our individual lives, how quickly we, we forget things, but also, you know, obviously, generations pass and people forget things very quickly. 
And the sacrament is so important in our personal worship. It is truly something which we need to really take on board as something that um, has a lot of potential to help us remember. And as we, we, we remember, we are more likely uh, to, to carry out uh, what we're meant to do. But this is more, there's more to the sacrament than just a remembrance. It's healing. It's a time for healing as well. Uh, and Elder Ballard, uh, Elder M. Russell Ballard, gave us this uh, wonderful quote regarding the sacrament. He said, quote, If there is a feeling in our hearts that we are sorry for what we have done, and sorry, let me just start this again. It's not Elder M. Russell Ballard, it's Elder Melvin J. Ballard. And uh, he says, quote, If there is a feeling in our hearts that we are sorry for what we have done, that we would like to be forgiven, then repair to the sacrament table where, if we have sincerely repented and put ourselves in proper condition, we shall be forgiven, and spiritual healing will come to our souls. I am a witness that there is a spirit attending the administration of the sacrament that warms the soul from head to foot. You feel the wounds of the spirit being healed and the load being lifted. Close quote. And I think that is, um, you know, really helpful and. Um, strengthening and uplifting uh, thought to have that as we go to the sacrament table and the power, the, the power of the atonement is made available to us as we uh, take that sacrament and we uh, focus on what we what things we'd like to improve on but then have that intent to do so anyway that's uh, what i wanted to share today um if you want to follow me at matt at matt s roberts 90 and share any thoughts uh and ideas of things that you'd like to study then great if anyone is listening and I hope you have a good day and until we meet again.